for those who want to know like what you should say during a panic attack, we're going to use our personal and professional experience to, to guide you through it. And so I didn't have a lot of success trying to talk myself through a panic attack, so I didn't do a lot of that. When I told myself uh, it's just anxiety, I didn't say it as a kind of magical spell to make the anxiety go away. And my number one go-to was, we've been here before, like, and it's never taken me down. And then I would pretty much go silent. It was often, you know, followed by the, the silent caveat of, you're supposed to feel scared. So to me, it's always the idea that I can acknowledge that you are genuinely terrified, but to remind you that you've been there before and you're capable of moving through that. One of your options is you don't have to say anything. It's completely fine. Welcome to the Disordered Podcast. This is episode seven. And the title of this episode um, is named after a question that both Drew and I received. Um, Ollie asks, how to talk to yourself during a panic attack? Or what should you say during a panic attack? And what a great episode title that follows on from our last episode. My name's Joshua Fletcher, also known as Anxiety Josh, and I'm a psychotherapist who specializes in anxiety based in the UK. And I am Drew Lynn Salata. I am a graduate student in clinical mental health counseling, a therapist in training in the US in the state of New York, and the, the co-host of Disordered with Anxiety Josh. Yeah, Disordered hosts, Disordered podcasts, Disordered content. It all fits together, man. Yeah, but it all fits together. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, first of all, before we get into this episode, I think it's quite helpful to listen to the previous episode if you haven't, mm -hmm. um, because this is kind of a part two. But for those who want to know like what you should say during a panic attack, we're going to use our personal and professional experience to, to guide you through it. Um, but always remember, you have options. If you have a panic attack, or as we now know, it, an adrenaline rush, um, one of your options is you don't have to say anything. It's completely fine. But yeah. if you'd like something to say, or if you're a loved one who wants to support someone who's going through a panic attack, then this is what this episode is for. So thank you, Ollie, for that, for that question. Um, Drew, did, did you ever kind of talk to yourself th through a panic attack? What, what, what did you do? I was not a huge fan of that. At any point, I tried the... It's okay. It's okay. This is just, I tried some of that stuff. And what I discovered for me in my own experience was my brain was having none of that. So it, it was ridiculous. It was me trying to convince myself that everything was fine. And it's okay to say that it's not fine. You're really uncomfortable and really afraid. And so I didn't have a lot of success trying to talk myself through a panic attack. So I didn't do a lot of that. Just my brain was not having any of it. It's not fine. Because it's really interesting. Because like I only initially when I started out, and to remind myself of the psychoeducation, when I was having a panic attack or an, or an anxiety attack or an adrenaline flood, which is, I'd say, I would actually say this is just anxiety. I think it's, it did help me. I didn't say it, and this is a very strong disclaimer, and you must remember this if you're listening. I didn't say it as a kind of Harry Potter magical spell to make the anxiety go away. It wasn't a compulsive behavior like, oh, this is just anxiety, and then I two seconds later, check if the anxiety is gone. And, oh, yeah, I've got, I've got my magic word. It's gone. No, no. When I told myself uh, it's just anxiety, it was often, you know, followed by the the silent caveat of 
you're supposed to feel scared. It's just mm. anxiety. You're supposed to feel scared. You can leave it alone. This, you know, this will pass. I know we were discussing before the episode, it was a bit like we have different, different kind of opinions on that, which is great because whatever yeah. works for you works for you. Um, you know, this too shall pass. Yeah, it's a bit of a cliche now, particularly in, in social media, but I kind of use that too. You know, kind of, yeah. it's just anxiety. This too will pass, you know, and then the nerdy kind of because your threat response can only maintain this amount of adrenaline or whatever, just yeah. to remind myself of factual stuff as well. Um, and being kind, which is what we can kind of look at yeah. in this one. So, so what, what, what did you do during a panic attack? Well, I, I, you know, just to kind of piggyback on that, this too shall pass thing. I know I pick on that a lot, but you know, I kind of use the similar framing statement to me. I didn't really call it self-talk or talking myself through. I would think of them as, now I can, in retrospect, I could say what I was really doing was framing statements. And my number one go-to, like you saying, this is just anxiety, was we've been here before. And I would say that, not out loud, meant, you know, oh, I like silently to myself, I would say we've been here before in an almost defiant kind of way. We've, we've done this before. Like, and it's never taken me down. And then I would pretty much go silent for the most part with that occasional reminder. We've done this before. You know what to do. Shall we frame then our own? So to answer Ollie's question, or to anyone who's tuned in and wants to help themselves during a panic attack or mm. help a loved one. So remember to kind of bookmark this mm. this episode or remember where, we, where we're at. Drew and I will take it in turns. Um, we will describe what we did sure. um, during an anxiety attack. Now, um, we'll, we'll set the scene. You know, uh, I'm going to challenge you first, Drew. You can go first. I'm going to cowardly learn from your mistakes <laughs> and, and and add to them, um, which is great. Uh, so me and uh, Craig the Critic will be uh, will be watching. You remember Craig the Critic? He's Craig always the critic. watching. It's Craig the Critic. Yeah, and we will be here watching. <laughs> I'm in, man. You didn't hear me the first time. I'm coming back second time. <laughs> Craig, 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 whatever your name is. Um, yeah. So here's the scenario, Drew. So. I am at a holiday camp. Um, I'm with my family, and suddenly I have a huge adrenaline rush. I have this sense of doom, this dread. I have the urge to just rush home, pack everyone in the car, go home, or dial my safe person who is currently not with me or immediately rush to some kind of safety or run back to my room start googling i feel like something awful is going to happen i mean i'm actually even convinced that i should ring 911 or 999 because right. i feel like something awful is going to happen you know i have had this feeling before but my heart's pounding i feel spaced out and everything's bright and i just feel like something awful is going to happen yeah what would you say to me it's a really good question I think the main thing that I would do in that situation is to remind you, because we talked in the last episode how like our logical, rational brain goes offline in that situation. I would remind you that you've been there before. This has happened before. It's not the first time. And I would acknowledge that I know you're really afraid right now, and I know you're really scared, and it feels like something is really wrong, but there never is something really wrong. And even if there was, you would know the difference. And I know that you can get through this if you just let it be there. I'll sit with you, but I know you can do this if you just let it be. 
but I know how scary it is. So to me, it's always the idea that I can acknowledge that you are genuinely terrified in that moment, but to remind you that you've been there before and you're capable of moving through that to the other side. Oh, you're capable. You've been yeah, here before. This is nothing new. No, yeah, you've yeah. been here before. Oh, I like that. Oh, I got, I got to follow that one. That's a good one. Good. <laughs> Do you want to get to yeah. give me a? Oh no, I, I give yourself a round of applause for that one. Actually, yeah, you've you go, got right? that button. Yeah. Good job, Drew. Well done. Our so, studio um, audience there. Uh, <laughs> really studio audience. Film before a live audience. Um, <laughs> okay, so I will give you a scenario. So now I am. We are out and about. I come to the UK and we are hanging out in Manchester, the thriving metropolis that it is. Oh, and yeah. I know that you do this anxiety thing because you're called anxiety, Josh, but I've never had, I've never had a panic attack before. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's so foreign to me. Cool. Whatever you do is great. And I, I have my first panic attack, probably because you're doing open mic and it's so poorly done that I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> so, no, I'm kidding. Um, okay, getting a dig. No, but and suddenly I start to feel all the feelings. I'm depersonalized and it feels weird and I don't know what it is. And I'm getting more and more afraid and my heart is pounding. And suddenly it feels like I can't breathe and I'm sweating and the place feels like it's caving in on me and I just want to run. And I, I don't know what this is. And I, and I tell you that maybe there's a problem here. I got to get some help. Something is wrong with me. What, what would you tell me? It's a good one. Uh, I would say, um, let me guess, something feels like something awful is about to happen now. And it probably you probably feel a lot different to everyone around you. And the normalcy of everything is exacerbating your feelings of, of terror. Mm. You're probably having loads of scary racing what-if thoughts, like what if I go crazy, what if I pass out, what if I have a heart attack or embarrass myself in front of everyone. Uh, and what if just something awful is about to happen? Now you're probably thinking, oh, you know, you know, I'll try and get in your frame of reference here. You know, you're probably thinking, you know, what are these strange symptoms? Have I broken my brain? You know, everything feels weird and you'll need to have the urge to run away. Now that's okay. This is just adrenaline. It's the same thing that you have on a roller coaster. It's the same thing you have for a first date. It's the same thing before you know, your nervous medical appointment, but it's just happening at a, at a disordered time. Mm. You know, it's just happening here because you've probably been stressed recently and your threat response has just decided now when you've relaxed because anxiety hates any threat to hypervigilance. Uh, you've relaxed here at the open mic, watching me absolutely nail my poetry <laughs> and that's absolutely normal. You know, you don't need to fear it. So try not to run away. You know, it's okay to have a dry throat. You'll have a drink in a minute. It's okay. And actually, yeah, this always passes. All feelings are transient. The adrenaline will pump through. And if you don't avoid, you'll feel bloody brilliant. There's nothing wrong with you. You can do this. You know, all this is actually very normal. It doesn't feel normal. And it doesn't feel, when you look around you, everyone's relaxed. They look relaxed. They're, they're drinking their Tom Collins and their whiskey sours. And, they're, you know, they're laughing and engaged with what's going on on stage. What you're still experiencing is normal, you know. So sit here. Don't you dare move. Get out of that seat and I'll knock you out. What are you doing? Oh, my God, I suddenly turned abusive. No, but that's what I could do. Yeah. That, really good. that totally yeah. gets the standing ovation. That was very good because I can tell you. From my own personal experience, if you had been there the first time I ever had a panic attack and told me those things, 
we would probably not be sitting here right now because I would, that would have made all the difference in the world. Absolutely. My own doctor, my own doctor said to me, like, just looked at me worryingly, like, so hold on, you, you don't feel like you're in the room. You feel like you can hear yourself. uh, And you're obsessed with how you feel and you can't eat and sleep. And you could just see it in his eyes, like, I don't know what to do with him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, this guy's gone cuckoo. (laughs) So I will ask a follow up question. I'll put you on the spot a little bit. But so that's what you would say to me. What is your body language to me? When I am, because while you're saying all these things, invariably, as the first the person who's having a panic attack or a huge adrenaline flood, I'm going to question it. I don't know. This doesn't feel right. I, when is it going to end? It just, I feel like it's not ending. So when I start to question and I am in that, that really agitated mode and elevated, you know, energy level, if you will, what's your response to me physically? Well, I'll say the same thing again, but through the modicum of interpretive dance. So I will stand on the table and <laughs> expect. Why do I ask him questions? Why? Why do I do it? <laughs> it's a really good question. What I do in my practice here yeah. is, is I, I, I show I'm relaxed. I'm not panicking. You know, I that immediacy and those what ifs that are screaming at you actually quite normal. Mm. You here's a chance for you to show it. It's not needed here. You know, if you do have to get up and go to the bathroom or whatever, particularly if it's your first one. Who's going to sit through that if it's your first ever one? I certainly didn't. I was at work and went home, you know. But if there was a me, if there was a Drew next to me or or, or someone who gets panic, then, you know, I'd be like, okay. And reminding them that this doubt is normal. If you listen to the last episode, that doubt is supposed to happen in that mechanism. It's just the mechanism is a powerful, beautiful mechanism. But you know, when you're out and about with friends and family, you just, you just don't really want it to, to go off. But if it goes off, you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. But you can influence and can control it in the long term. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd, I'd just be relaxed. Like, oh, it's all right. You know, I have a clients in here. I must have seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of panic attacks. Um, and, yeah, I just sit there and like, yeah. Yeah. It's like- I, I, know it's, I know it's not dangerous. Yeah. You know, what doesn't help is when family members, and I don't know if you hear this, Drew, but like when someone has a panic attack, that's a problem for the family. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, this is something we need to fix. Mm-hmm. When actually, no, the way out is like, ah, it's just panic. Yeah, you could do this. It's okay. We're just going to stand yeah. by. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I hear that a lot. I mean, honestly, I experienced that in my own life because the people that care for us don't want to see us suffer. So if they know that we're in distress, they, they want to fix it. And I get that because they love us. But mm. uh, I had to teach my people. Like, don't do that when you know, cause they would, you know, they know you, they live with you. They know you. So like, well, mm. when you see that I'm struggling, I, I will ask you if I need your help, but just, just be there. That's all. Like remind me that I can do this. I, I had yeah. to tell you to do that. Yeah. I've said that to my friends. I just I yeah. remind me that what can I do? And it's like, well, just remind me of the facts. You can't stop the adrenaline from pumping, mm-hmm. but you can be around whilst it's pumping. Now there's a difference here. If you're someone who, utterly relies on someone to be you know if you're monophobic and agoraphobic and you have a designated safe person where you feel like you know i have to have this person around otherwise i can't control my panic that's different you've got to you know you've got to challenge that on your own because you have always tolerated your panic and you're giving the credit to someone else and the brain remembers that can't wait to do an episode on giving credit i love that one um but in general 
it's yeah just know and, and if you're so if you're a loved one you're supporting someone like this is just good one for me this is just adrenaline this is just cortisol but what about the racing thoughts adrenaline cortisol and your brain trying to work out where the threat is it's doing it's trying to help you it's okay it will pass uh, yeah, but my chest feels really tight and my heart's fluttering. Yeah, because your posture's going, you, your adrenaline needs an outlet and that's okay. You know, oh, but I feel sick, like I'm going to throw up. It's like, well, most people who get anxious don't throw up. But even if you do, it's not the end of the world, is it? No one really cares. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, but I'm sweating or it feels so real. Yeah, that's, that's the response. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, it's just doing what it's supposed to do. You know, but to, to, so what can you say? These are the things that we would say to you if you were with us. But, you know, if you were in the middle of a panic attack, you would hear these things from Josh and I. And I think it applies because then you could take those things and, and apply them to yourself. So if Josh and I are not with you, which odds are we are not going to be if you experience a panic attack. Then, you, know, you, you wouldn't want to stood in your garden. That would be weird. Yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> on standby, ready to go at all times in a little like one man tent. Uh, that would be expensive. <laughs> we are available for hire, by the way. So, <laughs> but I think you know, now, how do you apply that? And you know, we start to get into like, well, what is the role of of this the self talk, if you will, the words that you use? What is it accomplishing? You know, we're always really careful to make sure that everybody's aware. Oh, Copper just walked in. Uh, everybody's. Copper. Yeah, that everyone is aware that, you know, this is not meant to stop it. It is not supposed to be a shield. It's not supposed to immediately kill the panic attack dead in its tracks. None of that. It doesn't do that. So what does it do is the question. Yeah. 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 It, to help you. Now, mentioned at the start, like, another option is don't say anything. It's going to pass either way. You know, uh, I get to a point now if I have a, if I have an adrenaline rush, which is rare, but if I do, I just don't really say anything. It's like, you know, I don't even tell the person I'm with or whatever. Um, if it's a particularly, like, emotional one, because we have other emotions other than panic and anxiety. If I'm feeling emotional and going through stress and I'm going through a lot of hard stuff, and if you're listening at home and then you're having an anxiety attack, completely okay. You know, to just be like, actually, I just need a bit of human connection right now, you know. The last thing I kind of needed was an anxiety attack, panic attack, or whatever. Um, and yeah, you know, but also my, you know, my child's unwell, work's horrible, I'm behind on stuff. I've probably got a cold myself. Um, I'm grieving, I'm having relationship issues, whatever. Mm. It's okay to be like, you know what? I'm not going to nail this stuff that Drew and Josh talk about all the time. And I would do that even now, you know, if I'm going for a lot. And then suddenly I have that, I'd be like, yeah. But in general, I'm lucky it doesn't doesn't really happen much yeah. nowadays. But yeah. Yeah. And so as long as you use some of those words that we're talking about, if you want to apply them to yourself or whatever it is. And, and, and I like when you said you don't have to say anything. There's no right or wrong in this, really. Uh, mm. And in the end, does the do the words that you choose, what is your intention in choosing those words? What are you hoping that they will accomplish? And are the words that you are either being told by your loved one or somebody like that, or that you're saying to yourself, are they informing action? Because I mm. like to think of it as, you know, being on a plane and, you know, I'm not a huge fan of being on a plane either, but when I get really nervous, I look to the, the flight attendants to the flight crew. If they're not nervous, then that tells me that I don't have, I mean, it's okay. I'm nervous, but like, well, they seem all right. So I'm going to take my cue from that. Mm. So 
that in a way I use that as sort of my, my framing thing, like, Oh, the flight attendant isn't, is looking fine here. He's just doing his job and smiling and talking while I'm nervous. So I will mm. follow that lead and let that inform my actions. Yeah. So my, my self-talk will inform my actions. We've been here before. We know what this is. It's going to be scary. Now, what can I do? Now, yeah. Yeah. It's important. I, I think it's why particularly with, with flying anxiety, I can't stand flying. Um, but I will use that as, as my challenge for this okay. year. Um, is that it's good to do something when you're anxious, but it's hard when you're sat in a seat with not much to yeah. do. That's why it's so good to where your focus goes. So return to this, what can you do or say during a panic attack? Actually focusing on your own words sometimes, you know, yeah. not not as magical thinking again. And I know I'm repeating myself, but, you know, like mm. focusing on my magical words to make the anxiety go away. No, it will go away regardless. It will pass regardless. But just like as a, for me, I remember at my worst, but, but starting to get better, I'd be like, See, same thing again. Look, oh, look, my muscles are twitching. Oh, look, my got dry mouth. Oh, I've got eye floaters. Oh, my tinnitus is louder than usual. Oh, you know, oh, I feel like this dread and terror. Like Drew says, it's nothing new. But just even just talking that out loud. And then I'd actually coach myself and be like, well, well what would non-anxious you do right now? Hmm. Well, non-anxious me was actually doing the gardening. So, well, why don't you use all that adrenaline that you've got to... You know, yeah. dig up some soil. All right, yeah, great. And then um, I could build a big enough grave to put Drew in. And that's what I was doing. <laughs> this episode's getting dark fast. <laughs> Sorry, um, that was it. <laughs> I, I, I like that, though. The self-coaching is kind of cool, as opposed to trying to talk yourself down from it. I'm going to talk myself through it. because Absolutely. That's, that's the way to do it. I don't have to be talked down. I have to be talked through, and I can do that. Yeah, but yeah. but but don't do it like Craig the Critic. So what would Craig the Critic say when you're having panic? Craig the Critic. Craig the Critic. To me, the biggest issue with Craig the Critic when he shows up is <laughs> you, you can't do this. You can't handle it, which is yeah. the thing that you're echoed again. I know you do too, and your audience like. I, but it just feels like I can't. I can't handle it, and that's that's the inner critic sometimes chiming in like you're weak. You've never been able to handle it, or maybe you've been told you're weak. Unfortunately. We've had experiences in your past that have taught you that you're weak and incapable and you can't do anything and you ruin everything. That stuff can chime in really hard because you're, you're literally doing a very difficult thing by choosing to move through that panic as opposed to away from it or around it. And if, if, you, if Craig the Critic shows up and reminds you that you are generally not a capable person, that makes it even harder. Yeah. And if you're someone who's listened to or you know, read our books or you know claire weeks or whatever and you're someone who's confident that you know the literature craig the craig oh he, he, even better then because they might go you might have some a panic attack an adrenaline rush and all week you might have been prepared for it and stuff but you're not going to do it perfectly and you, you're going to do a few things and craig the critic would be like see you, there's evidence that you can't do it yep. you've read all the books and you can't do it craig the craig is an abhorrent person and you've got to realize that he just talks nonsense and it will always be a feature throughout his podcast because he always has an opinion just remember his opinion sucks it doesn't mean anything and actually he's often wrong he's just exacerbating these kind of things mm. so yeah just 
if you get through the anxiety attack and you've tried to do it in a way that you know is going to help your brain, actually your brain would have rewired a bit anyway, whether you did it perfectly or not. Yeah. You know, an example is I had a client once who was afraid, again, I'll use a park analogy, uh, analogy, just an example, mm. uh, where, you know, they go into the park and, you know, they, they walk in for two minutes and then they run home. But then they walk in for five minutes and then run home. Well, by walking in that park for five minutes, you've rewired your brain a bit more than for two minutes. Mm. You know, for someone who went to a party and had a panic attack uh, and went home, well, that person, you know, went to another party, had a panic attack. But instead of going home, they kind of just took themselves off to the bathroom a bit. Okay, that's not, you know, what we'd advise to do immediately. But you've already wired your brain to, to teach them that actually, you don't need to run home. Mm-hmm. You, you, you've actually localized your kind of area and you're, and, and you're on your way. So be careful. Craig the Craig will, will try and criticize you. Also, just emotionally, when people have anxiety attacks, it can dredge up really horrible critic from our past. Maybe it's the yeah. voice of someone who's been nasty to you or whatever, and it will intermingle with all those what ifs. Um, and again, especially that's the time to ignore him. Yeah, I, I think in a way, it, it's an interesting sort of adjunct topic. What do you say after a panic attack is almost as important as what you say during, because that's the time that I find that the critic comes out the loudest. Absolutely. And I hear people will ask me things like, well, I, I still felt like I wanted to run. Okay, okay, but that's not failure. You didn't get to, you don't get to control that feeling. But what, did you run? No, but, but I must be missing something because I still felt that. And yeah. that's the critic coming out. Like, I must be missing something because I didn't eradicate it and feel great about my panic attack. Like, well, who told you that you're supposed to do that? That's not fair. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's important. Anyway, we've said a lot of words about not saying words. And I think sometimes people will be a little surprised. Like, wait, they didn't give me coping statements and they didn't give me, but we kind of did. Sorry, I will, can't wait to read our podcast reviews and be like, these two are laden with hypocrisy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hope you've got a lot from this episode. As usual, we like to uh, ask questions and not ask, read out questions that we've been yeah. asked yeah. Uh, and share some did it anyways. Uh, I'd like to start with the did it anyway, if that's okay, Drew. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, sure. Um, in the last episode, we had a did it anyway that involved Brighton. And I have another one that involves Brighton. <laughs> Back to now, Brighton. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just coincidence. Um, hey, Josh. I wanted to share that I have a f- had a fear of the London Underground for years. So did I. If you're going to do exposures, London Underground is perfect. Even even trains are a big thing for me, especially if I don't have a seat booked. I went to Brighton the other weekend, got on two trains, and got on the Underground, shaking like a leaf. But, hashtag, I did it anyway. I love that stuff. I did it while shaking like a leaf. You yeah. did it with the adrenaline pumping, and you went to Brighton, which apparently is where all the success stories end up. So, you know. <laughs> clearly. Anybody who's listening, go to Brighton, because clearly yeah. you get better there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wish I had the known. end goal is Brighton, apparently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we had no idea. Nice one. Superb. Well done. Do they ever give them a round of applause? Oh, absolute round of applause for another trip to Brighton. And for the Thanks, good studio audience. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> so, Mike, good. Mike did it anyway. As usual, will come out of my Facebook group. And I love this one, especially because of the way it ends. And this person said, um, wait, where is it? Here it is. Went to the Hard Rock Casino. I won't say where for anonymity. Went to the Hard Rock Casino. 
It was crowded and very loud. My heart was pounding, legs shaking, and I was very dizzy. But I did it. Stayed for about two hours and even won $50. Come on. (laughs) Not only did this person did it, she did it anyway. She actually walked out $50 richer than she walked in. That's 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 amazing. I mean, we're not endorsing the fact that there's money money to be gained by going through exposures, but well done. It sounds like it was super super deserved that. I absolutely absolutely love it. If you can Uh, find a way to monetize your exposures, you are 100% ahead of the game. Brilliant. I've got a question, a good question from from a listener. Um, Well, the listener and Instagram follower. Uh, And this is from Scott. And Scott says, you know, yeah, I'm doing all right with my anxiety and panic attacks. However, how do you manage it when you're in a job situation where panic attacks are actually seen as weak, where there is a stigma and taboo by the people that pay me that believe panic and mental health stuff is weak? I thought that's a really good question. You know, where do we where do we start with that, Drew? And That's its own. That could be a whole series of podcasts right there. Mm. This is a tough one because, and maybe maybe it's not the answer that Scott would want. And good question, Scott. Um, but we don't get to control. This is a very like stoic philosophy kind of answer here. We don't get to control that, unfortunately. And we can all work together and try to pool our efforts and, and support each other and try to eliminate that stigma and educate people. We should all be doing that. And I think that's part of what Josh and I do. But we don't get to control what other people think. So this is a classic example to me of the idea that like, well, I, I will tolerate the physical sensations of the, say, the anxiety attack or the panic attack, or I will tolerate the discomfort of DPDR or whatever, but I won't tolerate, I can't tolerate the discomfort caused by the judgment of others. Mm. And that's a line in the sand that I, I understand that might have real world consequences of your job performance or your assignments or even keeping the job or your compensation level. But no matter what happens, we come back to like, well, I can handle that. I will handle it if I have to handle it. I don't like it. Maybe I will say something to that person and try to educate them or speak up for myself. Or, But we don't get to control their response. All we mm. can do is control how we respond to their response. That's very esoteric, I think. But I think it it's germane. Yeah. Think? Yeah, I think... I would add, like, sometimes you've got to play the game. We are in the real world. Some people mm-hmm. are judgmental. Um, and, you know, there is still a stigma attached to mental health. The irony is they probably do, like, Mental Health Awareness Week and, you know, do all that. But, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Um, thanks for kind of being open about that, Scott, as well. Um, what I would say is play the game, you know, and following from what Jud- uh, Drew said about judgment is that, you know, a lot of anxiety they can't see, you know, if there's actual threat there, the anxiety is. So if, if you hopefully you're not being bullied or anything like that, or cause that can happen, but it, in general, it doesn't really matter what they think. If you're trying and having this kind of thing, you don't need to share it with them. Ideally, there might be someone in your workplace that you can share it with someone you trust, or maybe there's a mental health first aider or just someone who, you know, isn't a knob um and that would be really nice to kind of to show that it isn't all under cloak and dagger isn't all just being discreetly hidden away um but just know that their judgment shouldn't hold weight in your recovery you know and 
you're not going to get found out if you're practicing your exposures and stuff. You might be get caught out a bit, you know, if you're in meetings or you, you might come across as a bit nervous and stuff by them if, if you're being spoken one-to-one. That's fine. Mm. You know, the aim here isn't to completely eradicate and not show them that. But just know that you can do it on your way. It is a tricky one. It's yeah. one that I don't have a definitive answer for. The answer should be, you know, well, let's just hope, you know, that bosses aren't horrible. Yeah. But it, we are in the real world and some bosses aren't as understanding. Thankfully, some bosses are incredible. I mm-hmm. was lucky to have a boss to be understanding. But if you are in that situation, you know, you have our empathy and you, you know, you have a double pat on the back from us. You're doing well and you're doing it in that environment. Fair play to you. Yeah. Good answer. Thanks, Kat. Should we take one more before we wrap it up? Sure. Do you have a question? I do have a question that I will throw out here. Uh, the question is, what are the best exposure exercises for fear of low mood and feelings of panic? <laughs> I mean, this this isn't scientifically um, proof, but uh, for me, if if you're someone who allows yourself to to drink a wine, then you know just go get hangover. <laughs> hangovers a good exposure or stay up all night and not sleep yep or eat a really big meal you know to the point you know fast food or something you know where you feel like groggy afterwards sluggishness sluggishness uh there's loads of it's called interoceptive exposure where anything to you can do Mm -hmm. to put yourself into that scenario uh what kind of examples do you have well, this is one of those things where Drew answers a question with a question, which is really annoying, but I do it a lot. And sometimes I think, by the way, your, I think your suggestions are really good, but sometimes, well, what are the exposures for fear of a low mood tells me that you're experiencing low mood. So congratulations. Welcome to the exposure, like the low mood oh, itself. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Is oh. the exposure. So sometimes press, people press that applause them. button now. Hey, you ready? Uh, Give myself yeah. a round of applause. Yeah. Come on guys. That's it. Chime in. You at the well, back. And I yeah. think in, in the end, it's that question is I'm experiencing low moods that I'm afraid of. So can you tell me something I can do to practice low moods without having low moods? So I won't be afraid of low moods. And the best way to practice it is when you have a low mood, take advantage of that and think about the best way to move through that. Now that entails all kinds of stuff, but plus Josh is, a, I think you're, suggestions are really good i mean you could conceivably do like well i can watch a sad movie i mean i've heard things like that we could read a sad book i can think of sad things to trigger that low mood you could do those things i suppose yeah i i came at it from the from the lens of fear of depression which we'll do an episode on no doubt uh a lot of anxious people fear being depressed because what they're actually hearing is what if you lose control what if you get to a point where you lose control what if this gets to the point where you do something silly whatever and a lot of anxious people have that thought um, and so interoceptive exposure to that as well actually see what happens when you're in a low mood but actually Drew has nailed it you already are in a low mood yeah. you know like it's, you're probably not feeling great you have to answer that, ask that question um, yeah brilliant yeah good job alright I think we're about at the end of episode 7 what do you say I'm, during a panic attack yeah I'm enjoying doing this thank you for being my co-host uh, Drew and I look forward to many more episodes thank you for tuning in at home um, if you want to kind of see what we're up to on social media go follow Anxiety Josh or The Anxious Truth mm-hmm. um, we're actually doing stuff on our TikTok now so you can follow us on TikTok and 
and Instagram, which is where we do most of our content. Or yeah. just chill out, put us in your ears, and uh, yeah, listen to more episodes. Hopefully by the time this episode airs, if you go to the URL at the bottom of your screen, which if you're on YouTube, you see it. Otherwise, you can go to disorder.fm, and we will try to put all the episodes there and links to social and all the good stuff. So yeah. it's awesome, everybody. Thank you very much. See we'll you wrap up this week. We'll just see you next week. Hey, it's Drew. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Disordered. Josh and I both hope that you're finding it helpful in some way. For more information about Josh or me or the Disordered podcast, find us on the web at disordered.fm. That's disordered.fm. Pop on over and find links to our social media platforms. Join our mailing list so we can let you know when new podcast episodes are available. And we'll send you easy ways to ask us questions and share your wins so we can answer questions on the air and share your successes with the community. And if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any platform that lets you rate or review, do us a favor and leave us a five-star rating and maybe write a review if you're digging disordered. It really helps us out and we appreciate that. Thanks again for coming by and we'll see you in the next episode.